everyone. It's good to see you here. My name is Greg Vaccaro. So hopefully on your way in, you got this pair of sweet sunglasses. Everybody get a pair of sunglasses this morning? Yeah, you know what I love about these sunglasses? Like, shake your head. They stay on. They're about as good a fit as my gooders, and I paid a lot of money for my gooders. These are good sunglasses. It's got the Shiloh logo, so like when someone sees them, I'm like, where'd you get those glasses? They're nice. You can tell them about Shiloh. But this is because we're starting 2020 Vision. These are not corrective lenses, but hopefully it'll just be a reminder to you that that you need the Word of God in your life to have vision. So this morning, uh, before we get going, you could just put the slide up. So I want to tell you about something that's new for 2020 happening here at Shiloh. If you weren't here last week, I told you last week, but I'm going to say it again. Um, How many of you knew that if you miss a service, you can go back after the fact to our website, shallowcommunity.church, and you can listen to the service or you can watch the service? Did you know that? Yeah, so some of you, a lot of you knew it, maybe some of you didn't. All right, but new this year, sometimes as I'm preaching or as others are preaching, I see people take up their phones and they're like screenshot, you know, take a picture of what's up on the screen. You don't have to do that anymore unless you want to. It's okay. But you can go to the Listen tab, and you're going to see a download. It'll give you a PDF of of the slides that were presented. So if that helps any of you, we just wanted that to to, to be a help to you and wanted to let you know about it. So this morning, what's our series that we're starting today? It's Stretch Thin. Now, you may have thought this thin was just a subliminal message to all of you, like you've eaten too much over the holidays. It's time to get thin. But you'll notice that it's stretched, right? So Stretch Thin is what we're going to be talking about over the next number of weeks. So I'm curious to ask you this question. How many of you occasionally, or maybe often, feel stressed? Anybody? All right, see a few hands. How many of you feel like, you know, holidays are over, bills are coming in, financially, you're feeling some pressure, some tension? Yeah, a few of you are. All right, I, I wonder, what would you say, have you ever said this, I really wish that I could either spend more time for myself or more time with my loved ones? Anybody? So, so why is it that we feel this stress, that we feel this pressure, right? Because this is our culture, right? If, if I would ask you, are you really enjoying your life this morning? Maybe some of you might say, no, but I don't have any time to talk about it. Got to go. Bye. Right? Because we, we, we want to enjoy life, but we're always running. We're always so busy. What, what, is it, what does life look like if we're not stretched thin? We don't know. So maybe you happen to be watching TV and you know that there's a Jeopardy uh, greatest of all time challenge going on, right? So if you didn't, that's okay. But as a way of, to introduce my sermon title this morning, we're going to play Jeopardy, all right? So I'm going to give you a question. And as you see the question, you've got just a little bit amount of time. You've got to hit the buzzer fast and then you've got to tell me what is and you give me the answer, right? Okay, so busy life, that's the category. We all, we're all there. We all have it. So here's the question. Even with many things on your plate, you're able to plan ahead and manage your stress. What is? Whoa, come on. She got it right. I think you knew that ahead of time. No. Well, first service, nobody got it. Right? So I, like, I try to sometimes check out these message titles with church staff or maybe my family. And I mentioned, what do you think about when you think about margin? You know what they said? The little thing on the side of the paper. Right? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the margin I'm talking about. But I see a lot of glazed looks out there. Margin, like, I, I can plan ahead. I don't have to be stressed. What does that look like? We don't even know what margin would be in our lives. 
So sometimes it's, it's easy for me to turn to mathematics, simple mathematics. I'm not doing anything complex, just to help us understand what's margin. So I'm going to give it to you as an equation. Margin is the difference between what you have and what you need. All right, so let's, let's play this out. If you have $100 and a bill comes in for 80 what's your margin? You got $20, right? $20 of slack. Something else could come up. You can go buy a Slurpee. You know, you got an extra $20. Now, if you had $100 and a bill comes in for $149.95, what's your margin? It's negative. It's negative $49.95, right? You know what happens when you have negative margin? You get stressed. You start to feel all worked up, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay this bill? What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. You start talking really fast, and it's like you're on caffeine or, or drinking Red Bulls or something, and you don't know what's going on. You just feel the stress. How many of you know that there's 24 hours in a day? All right, for the rest of you, I don't know what you're thinking. There's only 24 hours in a day. Come on, you didn't raise your hand. But, but we put 25, 26, 27 hours worth of stuff we try to cram in to the day. And we wonder, why do we feel stretched thin? Why do we feel so much pressure in our lives? Here's a very simple example about time margin, right? Suppose it takes me 20 minutes to get someplace, and I want to be there by 9 o'clock. What time should I leave my house? Eight, a what? See, 8.40 would leave me no margin. I get behind a school bus, right? Something happens to my car, uh, I got to stop off at Dunkin' Donuts because I don't want to go anywhere without my coffee in the morning. It leaves me no margin. If I left at 8.30, I got 10 minutes of margin. So here's what I do. I leave just the amount of time. Like I get on ways and I'm like, how long is it going to take it? And then I get there and it's like I'm stressed because even though I'm on time, the other person's already waiting for me and I feel bad. I'm like, oh, I wasn't respectful their time. I should have gotten here early. Oh, why didn't I leave the house early? And then I get there and I'm all upset. Why don't I just leave five or 10 minutes early? Why is that so hard? I don't know why, but like we don't have margin, many of us, in our lives. So as a way to get started, I want to just springboard off of last Sunday's message. So if you were here last Sunday and, and you, you were, uh, listened to the message, even if you were online, both services, I don't know why, but, but when I started to just read the Scripture, I got all emotional. I got choked up. It's like I was crying and reading at the same time. Now, I've come to recognize in my life that sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes on me, he just makes me emotional. I don't know why he does it. I don't try to fight it. I just go with it, right? But, but both services that happened, God, what were you doing? Why, why was I so emotional? I don't know. But this, was, this is what we were talking about in Matthew 25. It was a story about 10 bridesmaids going to beat the bridegroom. Remember the story? And it says that the kingdom of heaven was like these 10 bridesmaids, but five were foolish and five were wise. So on their way to meet the bridegroom, they all took what? They took their lamp, and the lamp was full of oil, but they all became drowsy. They all fell asleep. And at midnight, a cry goes out, the bridegroom is coming! So they all wake up, and they start to trim their lamps and get ready to go meet the bridegroom. And, and like the five wise, they had extra oil. So they, they were ready to go meet the bridegroom. And the five foolish said, we don't have enough oil. What are we going to do? Can you give us some oil? And they're like, no, we can't. We can't give you any oil. You've got to go buy some for yourself. So here's where we pick up. It says, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. And later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. 
But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day or hour of my return. See, the truth is this. Jesus is coming back. We don't know the day or the hour. But the ten bridesmaids, they represented the church. It's not like we've got the church and we've got the world. The ten represented the church. But there were some wise, five wise and five foolish. What was the difference? The difference is this. They all had lamps. And when you look into the word of God, the lamp is the word of God. That's what it tells us. The oil is the Holy Spirit. So the five wise that had extra oil is because they were getting into the word and they were gathering extra oil by spending time in the word. And the five foolish, they didn't have enough. Now, my son has been home from college on break. He's, he's leaving this Thursday. And while he's been home, it's just been an enjoyable family time, you know, to have someone to play ping pong with because my wife doesn't play ping pong, you know. And um, so we're watching more movies. And a lot of the movies, because it's my son home and not my daughter, they're action movies, all right? So I'm, I'm loving life. But, like, if you watch an action movie with me, I don't really like scary stuff. I'm not a scary kind of a person. So, like, scary scene comes on, and I got the pillow, and I put it over my head because I don't want to watch. So, like, what's happening? Greg, shut up. Dad, shut up, you know? So sometimes when it gets scary, this is what I do, seriously. I go, ah, <laughs> because I just can't take the intensity of it. I got I to gotta release it somehow. And then my kid's like, Dad, shut up. And I'm like, the Vaccaro family doesn't say shut up because that's what we taught them when, we, when they were little, right? That we don't say shut up as a family, although that sometimes happens today. But, um, but when I see this scripture, believe me, I don't know you. I want to go, ah, because I start to get worried. Like, this is nerve-wracking. What do you mean you don't know me? Now, why do we need margin in our lives? Just wait for this next scripture. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name. We perform many miracles in your name. But I reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, there's something here in this scripture that we all need to see today. Because none of us want to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want to hear? But there's something critical in the scripture. It's only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. So what is God's will for your life? What is his will for my life? Our our vision at Shiloh is to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. But it starts with knowing God. We, We can't make a difference if we don't really know who God is. And that's what we need margin for, to understand how do I get to know God? You know, when I see this scripture about, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We perform miracles. I think of, I think of 1 Corinthians 13, 2, where it says, If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, what? I would be nothing. It would, it would amount to nothing. See, it's not what we do in God it's what God has deposited in us that we, we do because of what he's deposited in us. So if there's nothing you get out of this message today, I'm going to start the main part of the message with this statement. And this is one of those like snapshot it or go back afterwards, but it's this. It's not just doing things for God that matters. It's being in his presence, right? We all raised our hand that we're stressed, we're, we're stretched thin, we got financial pressures, we, we got stuff going on in our life. 
This is God's remedy. It's not just doing things for God. It's being in his presence. This is how we find margin. So we're going to start this morning in terms of discussing margin and what it looks like by looking into Luke 10, 38 through 42. So let's start by reading it together. And it says, as Jesus, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary's discovered it, and it it won't be taken away from her. So how many of you have ever read this passage before? How many of you are troubled by this passage? It bothers you. All right, then I guess I'm alone. Oh, thank you. It bothers you. All right, good. It, bother, it bothers me when I read this. So let's, let's take it verse by verse. What is it? What is it that bothers us? So, so 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. So notice it's Jesus and who? Jesus and the disciples. They come to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. So whose home was it? Martha, all right, if, if you're welcoming me into your home, do you expect me to make the dinner? No, you would probably make the dinner. Do you, do you expect me to put out all the drinks? No, you probably put out all the drinks. Now, you might say, if, if I'm a good friend, you might say, hey, Greg, would you give me a hand or, or do this or do that, right? But, but if you're having people over to dinner, usually you're the host or the hostess. That's what you do. It's Martha's home, and she's just naturally the hostess. That's, that's just the way it is. So it goes on, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So what's Mary doing? She's sitting. But who is she sitting with? She's sitting with Jesus, but like Jesus and his disciples traveled to Martha's home. Right? We forget that the disciples were also in his home. So now picture it in this context, and maybe it opens your eyes to something different going on. Jesus is talking to all of his disciples and teaching them. And Mary has the opportunity to sit at his feet just like the rest of his disciples. Like, what an amazing opportunity. How progressive is this? Like a female is sitting at the rabbi's feet. It's like when you were little and and you wanted to be involved in the conversation. Like, get away, kid. Get away, kid. But no, they invite you in. They say, you can sit down. You can be part of the conversation. You feel incredibly special, right? Like, wow, Jesus, you're allowing me to be at your feet and listen. She was just eating it up. It was an amazing time for her to hear the same things that the disciples were hearing and what was going on. So now, with that going on, Martha's distracted by the big dinner she's preparing. Okay, is preparing a dinner good or bad? I think if you've invited me over to dinner, I'd be pretty happy that you were preparing dinner, right? If if I'm coming over to your house and I've left my house and all we're having is frozen pizza, I could do better than that in my house. Why do I need to come to your house? Now, if you want to have me over for frozen pizza, that's fine. But there's nothing wrong with preparing dinner. She's probably thinking, hey, it's the son of God. Like, I need, I can't do, I can't use paper plates. I got to use my best china. I got to have chargers that match the tablecloth and, and the right glassware and, and make sure I got name tags for it. But like, she probably put some thought and effort into this. And that was, that was nice. That was special. But in the middle of all of it, she comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. All right, now be honest with me. Did any of you think the same thing? Like you, you would probably, I know I would say the same thing. I'd be like, all right, 
you know, we have a family meal at my house for, for, for Christmas time, and, and all the kids are watching TV, and, and I'm in the kitchen. I'm like, no, no, no. Dan, come in here. Hannah, come in here. Right, Emily, I want you to. And I start giving out jobs to all my kids because, like, we're, we're a team. We all get together. We all, we all got to work. And especially if there's company, all right, some stay with the company, but some come in here and help so that we can get this whole meal going on. I, I think it's just right. Like, nobody should be sitting down while other people are working. You know, we, we all need to come together. So, so her request of Jesus is not a bad request. I think it's a very reasonable request. So what was Martha doing? Let's move on. It says, but the Lord said to her, Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. All right, I don't think it's wrong to be worried and upset over details. I kind of like details. I'm pretty detail-oriented. Details matter to me. I think they matter to the Lord. Details are good. But in this instance, see, we can serve the Lord by doing. And, and Martha was doing. She was serving the Lord. But then what was Mary doing? It says there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary's discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. So what was Mary doing? Many of us would just say she's sitting at Jesus' feet. She's listening with the disciples. But as a doer, like to sit bothers me, right? I don't know if it bothers you. I don't know if you're a doer like me, but it bothers me to sit. I, I was trained, and I grew up on Saturdays. I got to help my dad. And even though my dad is the one working on the car, and I'm only the one to hand him the tools, he'd say, Greg, you don't sit down on the job. You stand up while we're working. And I would have to stand there the whole time he's working on the car. I'm standing there so I can be ready. Give me a wrench. Give me a socket. Give me this. And I wasn't allowed to sit down. That's how I, that's how I became a doer because of my dad. But for those doers in the crowd, I want to I give you this. Mary is serving Jesus. Does that help you for me? She's not just sitting. She's serving by being in his presence. So, so maybe as a doer, you feel a little bit better now. G- Mary's serving. We can serve God by being in his presence. Now, here's the deal. Some of us, we only know how to serve by doing. We don't know, we don't know how to serve by being. And God calls us first to serve him by being in his presence. And then when we're in his presence, he desires us to take what we've received, the love that we have, and then go do and, and go serve in a different way. Martha this day, was she was just serving by doing, she didn't have the serving by being. Mary was the one serving by being. Jesus is saying there's one thing that's important. Don't just go volunteer for everything and, and be the brownie leader and the Cub Scout leader and, and bring food to the homeless and do all these great things without starting off first in the presence of Jesus and finding out from him, God, what's your will? Because, hey, there's people that are going to go and say, Lord, Lord, because they weren't doing the will of their Father in heaven. So we run off, do all these great things. God says, first, I want you to serve me by being in my presence. And then when you hear what my will is, then go off and do. And that's how you know that, okay, you're operating with 24 hours in a day. You got margin because we're not, we're not listening to, who, to, to what the Spirit of God is telling us to do. Someone mentioned to me after first service, if Martha could have had hindsight, because hindsight is what? 2020 goes with the vision, right? If Martha could have had hindsight, maybe this would have helped her, where she would have said, okay, I need to learn how to, how to serve Jesus by being in his presence first before I serve him by doing all these things and worrying about the meal and everything else. So, so why is this so hard for us? Why is it hard for us to spend time in God's presence? Does anybody have time or trouble spending time in God's presence? I, I mentioned last week that for a number of years now, I've been very consistent in spending time with God. 
But the tragedy is for three times that amount of time in my life, I've not been consistent. So, so why is that? 3x versus 1x in, in my lifetime of being a Christian. And I want to give us all two, two reasons why. The first one of why it's so hard for us to spend time is I actually believe that the enemy is working against us. And, and I say this because think about it logically for a minute. If, if you just needed to spend five minutes in God's presence reading his word, come on, piece of cake, five minutes? Like, how hard can that be, right? But how many of us do it? How, how many of us every day, rock solid, consistent, 365 days a year, we're in God's word for five minutes? Like, come on, it's not that hard, but it is hard. Why is it so hard? This is what Daniel says. He's prophesying about the end times when he says this. And he's talking about the enemy. And it says, he'll speak out against the most high and he'll wear down the saints of the highest one. He will intend to make alterations in times and in law and they'll be given into his hand for a time and times and a half a time. See, I once heard this statement that if the enemy can't entice you into ridiculous sin, he'll entice you into ridiculous busyness, right? And, and, and we will find ourselves so crowded and so chock full in our lives that we have no time anymore for God. And he's won. So in the, in the last days, his tactic is to wear you down, to wear you out, to have you be so busy, have your schedule be so full that you can't even spend five minutes in God's presence. And we're like, what is going on? Why, why does this happen to me? So that's number one. We've got the enemy working against us. But guess what? We are, I read their end of the book. I know who wins. Jesus wins. We just have to turn to God in this fight. But there's someone else, something else working against us. It's us. I've met the enemy, and the enemy is me, right? I'm the one that has lost sight of what's most important. So so here's what can happen to me. I I like to get things done. I'm pretty results-oriented. I I like to really set set goals and achieve goals, right? And and then sometimes what happens is at the end of the day, I'm like, why am I so worn out? You know, I tried to put too much into today. Why did I think I could have five meetings and then have time left over at the end of the day to prepare for tomorrow? I should have only set up three meetings. Why did I set up five? Why, why did someone come to the door and I said, sure, I'll give you four hours right now. I thought it might have been five minutes. It turns into four hours instead of saying, no, tomorrow I have time on my calendar. Could you come back tomorrow? And it would have been okay. But you see, we, we just kind of back into a corner where we're, we lose sight of what's important. And all of a sudden we're racing, we're running, and we're out of margin and we're feeling stressed and stretched. And, and like we all live there. But, but here's the challenge I have this morning. Just like Martha, stretch thin as a series will not impact you if you can't see that you got a problem, right? Martha came to Jesus, and Martha said, Jesus, can't you tell my sister to do something? Martha had no knowledge that what Mary was doing was actually the better thing. And sometimes we go through life thinking, stretch thin, stress, this is just normal. This is what we have to do. Like, how could I possibly change my life from what it is today? But if you can't approach God today and say, God, I got a problem. I am stressed. I don't have any margin. I'm stretched. And if you can't come to God and admit that you got a problem, there's nothing this series is going to do for you. You might as well take the next four weeks off. But if you could come to Jesus today and say, Jesus, there's something I want to learn from you. I want to understand what is your will for my life. I want to understand how to live life the way you intended me to live, that I don't have to be so stressed. It's like we all need to have a come to Jesus moment. Do you know what a come to Jesus moment is? Have you ever had one of them? 
I, I love this. It, when I used to work at Intel, my boss would tell the whole team, we're going to have a come to Jesus moment right now. Now, his come to Jesus moment was, you guys are late. We're falling behind. You've got to start working overtime. And he'd start cracking the whip. And that was the come to Jesus moment. I'm not having a moment like that today. We're in church. I'm not going to do that. But here's the come to Jesus moment. I literally want us to come to Jesus, right? That's the come to Jesus moment. And this is what he says in his word. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. That's the come to Jesus that we need to have. We need to have that aha. Wow, I can come to Jesus and he's going to give me rest? What, what is rest? Do, you even, do we even know what it is? So I want to add a little bit in there. Come to me, all you who are stressed out and overwhelmed. Come to me, all you who have so much to do, you can't get it all done. Come to me, single parents. You're about to fall apart. You're running so fast. Come to me, business guy who feels like you're going to lose it all. Come to me, mom who has no margin for herself. Come to me, those who are overwhelmed and feel insignificant if they're not busy all day accomplishing things. Come to me, all of us, Jesus said. And what what am I going to give you? I'm going to give you rest. And then he says this, take my yoke upon you. Right? This is what a yoke is. In, in, you know, we, don't, we don't understand because we've got machines now, but like you go back to the farmish, uh, to the farmish, to the Amish in the farm country. That's what I was trying to think of, right? You go and you look at an Amish farm. They have yokes for their oxen, right? It's this piece of wood that goes over two oxen together and links them so that when one pulls and they both pull, like you get the power of two, not just one working independently from the other. And Jesus says, hey, you can be yoked with him. You can be united with him with this yoke. Just let him put it on you. Put it on yourself. He, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll, he'll never force you to get engaged with Jesus and put the yoke on. You've got to invite it. You've got to ask for it. But, but when we're yoked up with Jesus, see, Jesus understands how to do life with margin. Jesus understands all that you've got in your day and can help you say yes to this and no to that. We want to say yes to everything or no to everything. No, Jesus will tell you. He'll give you guidance. He'll kind of na- help you navigate. But it starts by saying, yes, God, I want to be yoked with you. And then Jesus is going to teach us by his Holy Spirit. He says he's humble and he's gentle at heart, but you're going to find rest for your souls. Well, the, the rest that Jesus offers is something that I think we all want. We, we, God, I, I could taste that right now, right? I'm so thirsty, and I could, ta- I could taste the rest. But here's sometimes, this is what my vacations have looked like in the past. So, like, you're planning on going on vacation, but you got so much to do at work. You're working extra hard before you go on vacation to make sure everything's covered. So, like, you start vacation, and you're, you're just dead. Maybe you're sick. Maybe it takes you a couple days to unwind. You finally have maybe one day in the middle of the week where you can actually enjoy vacation. And then the next three days, you're starting to get stressed about what you're going to run into when you go back to work, right? So out of that whole week, this isn't a vacation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about rest wherever you are. I'm talking about rest today, rest this afternoon, rest tonight. What would it look like for us to come to Jesus and take his yoke upon us and have him teach us? But he's humble. He's not going to force you. It's like, you know, you can be Martha and you can think what you're doing is all right. Jesus, tell Mary to help me. No, no, no. What Mary's found is the better thing. So Psalm 46 says this, be still and know that I'm God. I think a lot of us, we say, be still. What does that even look like? 
When was the last time you just sat down to do nothing? Not to put on the TV, not to read a book, just to sit down and do nothing. Right? I've tried it sometimes. Here's what happens. I sit in my chair. I'm just going to wait on God. And you know what happens? Oh, I got to do this today. Oh, did I call this person back? Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot, I forgot all about that. And it's like there's a train going on in my head. Boom. I'm just counting them. Car one, car two, car three. So here's what I've found to do. I just, I just have a little notebook with me. Car one goes by. Okay, I got to do that. Car two goes by. I write that down. Car... At some point, I don't know if the car is 10, the train's 10 cars long, 20 cars long. The cars finish. And there's no more, no more cars going by. And I actually, if I, could, if I could stay there, like the car's all finished. I got my to-do list for the month created and all these things that I've forgotten to do. And now I can actually be still and, and know that he's God. So why are we covering this series stretch and why are we talking about margin? Here's what we're going to be covering, practical ways in, in the coming weeks. But what does it look like to schedule margin, right? When our margin decreases, our stress increases. When our margin decreases, we have no time for family, for our spouses, for our friends, for our loved ones. That's not where we want to be. We're stressed out. We're too stretched thin. What would it look like for us to understand how to schedule margin? How about financial margin, right? We all said sometimes when, when, when you have 100 bucks and the bill comes in for 149.95, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. Okay, what does it look like to have financial margin where you can make ends meet? What, what about moral margin? See, some of us are so stretched thin that the littlest temptation comes along and bam, we fall because we don't have the Holy Spirit built up in our lives. We don't have margin there in our, in our morality and we're always falling. And lastly, we're going to be talking about Holy Spirit margin because I, I believe that the only way to really know the will of God is you got to go to God to find it out. And that's what the Holy Spirit margin is. How did Jesus live his life here on the earth? What did that look like? So that's where we're going to be going over the next number of weeks. So in closing, I want to give us all an assignment. And if if you're in a small group, and if you're not, I'd love you to be in a small group. But if you're in a small group, I'd love you to ask this question. Like all small groups have that hangout time before you really get started, right? Whether it's some dessert or some coffee or, or whatever it is, you're all talking. Ask each other, hey, what is it, how did you do on your assignment? But, but the assignment is this, create a Holy Spirit moment each day this week. All right, so what do I mean when I say create a Holy Spirit moment? Well, I can tell you this, if you're going to create it, it's going to take intention. You might have to put it in your calendar. If you're going to do it in the beginning of the day, you might have to set time aside. Maybe it means being intentional and setting your alarm a little earlier. If it's another part of the day, that's fine. But, but you're going to need to know what part of the day am I going to set aside this Holy Spirit moment. And like legit, I want you just to sit in a chair and try to be still and try to have no thoughts. Because the minute you try to do that, the train's going to go by, write it all down, let the, last, the caboose goes by, and then you can finally be still. And then I want you to pray. When you're finally still, then I want you to pray and just commit your day to God. Commit your life to God. Surrender the throne of your life all over again to God. Say, Holy Spirit, would you get, would you get on, on the throne? Like I've, I've nudged you and nudged you and nudged you and I've, I've crowded you out. So I just want to invite you back in. Invite the Holy Spirit back in. Pray to him. And, and ask God, God, where, what should I read? If you've got a reading plan, that's why we talked about it last week. That's great. But if you don't, like, open up to the Gospel of John. Go to the book of Acts. But find a place to read and, and read just a few verses. Read a chapter. It's not like you're getting, getting any awards because I want you to read until you see something on the paper and you're like, ah, that's for me. Maybe it's Proverbs 1. Maybe it's Psalms 1 you go and read. But, but read enough until you see something that you're like, 
I can take that and I can pray into that, and that's what I'm going to hold on to today. I like to write it down. Sometimes I got, a, I got a texting group. We text each other that takeaway. But what's that one takeaway? That's the Holy Spirit moment. You could do it in five minutes. But I'm asking you not to try to do it while you're driving on your way to work or, or in the shower. I'm asking you to actually sit down and be intentional about it. Because all of us, like, you know, we've all had McDonald's on the run. But after a while, McDonald's on the run, like, that's, that's not healthy. That's not what we want to do, right? We're trying to find margin, And I'm challenging you to take five minutes to just sit and be still. And and I think we could do it, and I think there's going to be some amazing testimonies that come out of it. And that's what I want us to share with each other at Small Group. So would you stand with me as we close in prayer today? Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, this concept of of margin and coming to you for rest, Lord, it's foreign. God, we're, we're in such a society and culture today that we're driven and we're we just keep go, go, going, and uh, Lord, we don't know how to rest. So God, this week, I pray that we could all take this assignment to heart and create a Holy Spirit moment. Lord, we want to know you. God, we want to surrender to you, but, but your, your Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. We've got to invite him in. So Lord, we decide today to invite you into our weeks, to our days, to, to our moments of life. Lord, that we would be present and listening to you, we'd be yoked with you this week, Lord, that you'd teach us, you'd show us the way. Holy Spirit, we, we need that. So I, I pray today, God, Lord, against the enemy that would make this so difficult for us. Lord, it doesn't have to be difficult. So we bind him now in Jesus' name, and we loose the spirit of the living God upon each one of us to give us the right time of day, to give us the, the right heart in this, that, that we would take it to heart, Lord, to have this Holy Spirit moment every day. And Lord, would you grow us in this as we, as we look into this series and stretch thin over the number of weeks ahead. God, I pray that you grow us and, and help us to learn from you and help us to, to find that rest that you've created, Lord. So we give you all these things and we pray a blessing over the rest of this day. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So you guys have a great day. If you want prayer for anything, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Bye.